everybody, welcome to 12 Questions. Hi. Uh, hey. hey, my name is Anna Valenzuela and I have a couple, I have one very exciting announcement for this, uh, yet again, another quarantine recording. I'm s- I, I thought you were going to say I have one very exciting guest and I was like, ooh, which one is it? Ooh, no, I do have a very exciting guest as well. This is because this podcast has been a long time in the making. Um, but first and first, I got to do a little business up top. Um, we had had a co-host, Alex Young delightful so excited we had him and in the middle of quarantine i got to talk and i was going solo again for a while and i got to talk into somebody who i really work well with he's been on the podcast uh twice before guys give it up for uh, the new 12 questions co-host mr dave yates yay hey good to be here the spiciest man in comedy oh, so that that's spicy. right at the at the very least not <laughs> not at all funny but uh quite flavorful extremely <laughs> funny um check out his ha ha hot sauce it is as a person who used to sell her own jarred salsa i do have to say that dave's ha ha hot sauce is my favorite hot sauce to put on uh pizza Pizza, yeah, I do the same thing. Fro- it makes frozen pizza taste like I'm not poor. It's so yeah. good. It's so good on pizza. It's it's like I try to savor it. Uh, I try to like save the bottle. I use my Valentina for my like you know don't really care about it when I'm having a fancy meal and I want a little spicy spicy. I go for the ha ha hot sauce for sure. And uh, Twelve Questions is now a cooking show, everybody. So uh, sorry to change the format on you. Uh, that's what that's what we're up to these days. <laughs> well, it very much could be a cooking show this episode because um, in every ho- every guest gets to introduce themselves because they get to maintain their anonymity however they want to. Um, I, I I just I'm so excited to have you on because we've tried to schedule this several times, um, but both our day jobs are a little little crazy, a little little unfixed uh, day jobs because we work at the same place. Uh, Guys, uh, give it up for my guest. Rivers Langley, hello. Rivers Langley! And Rivers is one of the most incredible uh, cooks that, like chefs, barbecue, like you do it all. I have to tell you, I made, Rivers, you'd be proud of me, I made a a pulled barbecue chicken uh, taco with a um, arugula... um, avocado and lemon sort of slaw that I made on top with a little Ooh, bit of cherry tomatoes great. and what did I put on top of that that made it fucking perfect your pickles oh the pickles yeah you still got some oh my god they were so uh, uh, incredibly wait you've been holding you've been holding out on pickles from me this whole time rivers you've mentioned hey, pickles hey. N- not once to me uh Buddy, uh, if you look behind me, there's the uh, the garden down below. Uh, you grow uh, yourself, Jesus! That's yeah. the pickle farm. Yeah, that's the where they farm. came from. <laughs> yeah, R- Rivers Pickle Farm. Oh, yeah, and they're yeah, sweet those and are... spicy and perfect for barbecue. Like perfect those for are, a barbecue. Those are sandwich. Uh, those are genuine uh, Highway 101 East Hollywood pickles. Grow them on my patio. Seasoned with the desperation of the dividing line between poverty and prosperity. <laughs> yes, yes. I love it. I love it. Well, and you've you've uh, been very vocal about wanting to do this podcast, so I'm very excited to have you on today. You have a spirituality about you, like a. <laughs> do I? You do. <laughs> you've got like country spiritual. You know what I mean? Oh, like, you've got a, you've got you've got an essence about you. It was what she's trying. <laughs> 
<laughs> Listen, okay. don't make me rub a crystal. I will rub a crystal right now. <laughs> I, uh, but so uh, let's just get into it. Like, how, how do you deal with like surrender in your life when something doesn't go your way, when something is frustrating, maybe when you're locked in your house for a million years? Um, <laughs> how, how do you deal with surrender in your life? Uh, I gotta say, I, uh, first of all, I'm an only child, uh, which should be apparent if you've met me. Me too. Uh, Hello. And, uh, as an only child, I am uniquely primed for this particular COVID-19 situation is <laughs> my, my whole, you know, I mean, I didn't, you know, if you think about your childhood, you don't really have like friend friends until you go to school. So, I mean, I effectively spent five years just chilling, you know, uh, before I went to school. And uh, then after I went to school, I only ever had, you know, until really until like the end of high school, I only ever had like one or two friends at the, at any given time. So like, I don't know, I'm good. I'm good with chilling. I really am. Mm -hmm. I have a, uh, uh, I have lots of stuff I can work on. Uh, That's the other thing I like. uh, I like repetitive tasks. Uh, which is why, you know, gardening is fun. Uh, I, uh, I'm one of the weird people that enjoys washing dishes. Uh, find that, you know, just anything I can pop some earphones in and listen to music and just kind of work on stuff. And editing is, uh, definitely, definitely part of that as far as podcasting goes. One one of my goals for this podcast (laughs) is to start a Patreon so I can pay an editor. (laughs) Hey, Hey, I'm I'm right here. Uh, Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, right now, I can only pay you in hot sauce. Hey, there we go. Okay, uh, I'll get you. Yeah, d- yeah. Uh, what, like one, one minute per ounce of hot sauce. So if you give me twelve ounces, that's twelve minutes of there. Editing. You go, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. This is how deals get done in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, in the apocalypse when there's no currency, we will only deal in the barter system of sauces and condiments. Uh, yeah yeah i Um, can't wait for this sauce currency i have to i have yet to make you guys my um my salsa but i make a salsa that'll grow hair on your chest Ooh, yum yeah but i can't do it when anyone's home because i've been asked in apartments i've been asked by uh neighbors if i my house is on fire that's like oh god mm. I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm roasting chilies, um, and giving pepper gassing myself essentially. So I, I've always had, uh, roommates who were potheads and there was, uh, there was always a pipe boiling day. Did anybody deal with that? Ah, yes. The old, the old resin clean. It's like spring cleaning. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You would just, and I, I've never been like that, you know, I was, I was a little teeny tiny pothead in high school, but, but when I was living in apartments and stuff, I just remember waking up and the whole place like just smelled like, you know, skunk and, you know, grave. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, it's pipe cleaning day. So, uh, you know, those people are fools because, uh, all that smell you're smelling, that's good resin. I mean, <laughs> I was just gonna say, what kind of classy people were you living with? Yeah, I scrape like, that shit up, you smoke it up, pipes clean. Well, no, I think <laughs> I think it's after you clean it, right? I don't, uh, you clean the whole thing out as much as you can, and then you boil it to to clean out like the little stem part going through the, you know. <laughs> but then, how are you gonna feel the burn in your lungs? I I don't know. <laughs> these these are not these are not answers I have. I've I've. I've actually only ever spent a grand total of, uh, I think, $5 on marijuana in my whole life. So. I love it. You're such a magical normie-ass normie, and I love everything about it. I just love it, because you're you're one of those people that I can be around at a comedy show, and I know that you're never going to put me in danger. 
Like, okay. unless it's, unless it's <laughs> for like a guest. You're very safe. No, I mean like, you know how some people, they like, they walk up to you and you're like, you, it always takes me two sentences before I realize I'm like, oh, this is a person on the most coke. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And I'm like, you got to warn. You got to run up and be like, yo, I'm on coke. Like, you got to say something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you don't strike me as a uh, big insanity guy. No, not really. And it's it, it makes me uh, it makes me sort of self-conscious in comedy uh, <laughs> because you're around so many like uh, broken, insane people that I'm just like, do you is this necessary? Is this part of it? Is this a bar I have to clear? Mm. Like, uh, it's it's one of uh, yeah, I've got I've, I've actually got uh you know something about that uh, later uh, in one in one of my answers that uh, to the to the the titular twelve questions, but uh, yeah uh, yeah I don't know uh, I guess I could go ahead and talk about it now and stuff like that. But well, what um, is what has been the most insane moment of your of your sort of life, like your development, like you? Oh yeah yeah uh, well I, yeah it was that was that was the one that I, I wasn't exactly sure uh, how to answer as far as. It, did did you mean like now or like all time at most insane moments i mean the the all time one is pretty easy i watched a man uh get bit by a snake and die uh in front of me uh nice that that would be it. and yeah so you know you talk about some some country some country ass country shit uh Whoa. i this was this was uh this was june of 2004 uh, I had just graduated high school, and we went to Bonnaroo, and ah. and on the way back from Bonnaroo, me and all the people we were riding with, we were like, dude, and there was a there's a creek uh, just outside of my hometown called the Saugahatchee Creek, and there's a big swimming hole, and we and they had a rope swing, and we would all go out to the rope swing and you know drink beer and shit like that and hang out. So on the way back from Bonnaroo, and this is how I remember the date, is because we were on the way back from Bonnaroo, we we're like, dude, Monday after you know we'll get a good shower, get a good night's sleep. Monday we're gonna go out to the creek and drink beer and hang out and uh so we go out there and there was a uh at the regular uh swimming hole with like the rope and stuff like that there was a man and his daughter who were kind of just swimming around and we we saw that they had the space we were like all right let's let's go over to the other side so we kind of went down to the other end of the creek and uh where there's like a less good swimming hole just kind of a place where you can wade in and stuff like that and um and then we see them leaving about 30 <laughs> minutes later, the guy and his daughter. And so we start walking up to the other swimming hole. And then we just hear the guy screaming. And we go up to the road. And what had happened was he was going, you know, he, him and his kid were going to the car. And he went to open the door and he dropped his keys. And the keys hit the ground. And he reaches down to grab the keys. And there was a copperhead underneath the uh, truck. And it bit him in the hand twice. The snake did. And, you know, if you're, you know, from from the country, you know, you're supposed to grab. You want to grab that snake and kill it so that you can take it to the hospital with you. And they can actually make the anti-venom with its venom. venom. And uh, so he was trying to grab the snake and it just kept biting him. No, dum-dum. And what he didn't know is that he was actually allergic to the venom. Uh, And so when he died, they said later, like, he would have, even if he had been bitten by the snake in the emergency room, he would have died. 
So yeah. there was nothing that we could have done. And I, I'm an Eagle Scout. Like, I went all the way through Boy Scouts and stuff. So we see this, and the girl, the, the daughter, who I think was probably six or seven, was just like, my daddy got bit by a snake. My daddy got bit by a snake. And so I saw, like, all the bite marks on his hands, and we got a rope out of the back of my truck, and I, like, tied a tourniquet around his arm and everything to try to like stop the venom from going into his body and uh the thing is like this is so far out in the country that there was no cell phone signal out there at the time so this is 2004 you know this is way the hell out in the country so we were like we had to go so we left like half the group there to stay with the little girl and the the guy and then me and my friend richard had to drive into town to call the the police and the ambulance and stuff like that and uh by the time we got back the guy was, he was still alive, but he was just kind of in shock and just sort of moaning. And he kept screaming, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And well, that was the last thing I heard when they, they loaded him into the back of an ambulance. And he's just like, I'm going to die. And he was like screaming it. And then they shut it. And then we had to give his daughter a ride back to her grandmother's house uh, <gasps> while his dad was like heading to the hospital and he died, I think like four days later. So oh, that's, dude. that'd be, that'd be the most insane thing I've ever seen as a man. What a brush with mortality. Holy <laughs> shit. And, I mean, yeah, I like, I like how, despite probably being way far hungover from Bonnaroo, that you snapped into Eagle Scout mode and you're like, <laughs> I'm going to tourniquet this fool and try to save his life. So good on you, because I know well, <laughs> I'm usually pretty useless after a music festival. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that Bonnaroo was actually that was the last time I think I ever smoked weed. So that <laughs> that was. Uh, yeah, I, I got too high and I slept through a Japanese uh, garage band called Electric Eel Shock, and I was real pissed at myself, and I didn't ever smoke after that. Whoa. So yeah, a lot of things happened that in those those forty eight hours. Yeah, and here's the thing. Again. When I say I feel safe around rivers, <laughs> whoa, howdy. <laughs> Some man who can handle a snake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't ever catch that snake. I don't know where the damn snake went, but, you know. Wow. Uh, it's, it's, it's still out there claiming lives. It might be. I don't know. I don't know how long those things live. There's, a, there's definitely, uh, it, it, it definitely, if I wasn't already, you know, kind of scared of snakes before, that one definitely doubled down, uh, doubled down how freaked out I was by it for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't love a snake, man. I no, people it. people are always about like you know spiders and you know guns and shit. I'm like, no, snakes, man. For sure. So so the the answer is 18 years. So it's still out there killing. Yeah. Oh, what? that's that's how long a snake can live. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. I asked I asked King Google, and it says eight, 18 years is about the lifespan of a copperhead. Of a copperhead. Hot damn. So yeah, that's it. Might be an old old copperhead yeah. swimming around out there in Lochpoke and the Sagahatchee. Just voting, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just talk, talking about war stories, like like. We we're its foes. Like it's just yeah. killed. He's uh he's on the Wikipedia actually. There is I, I randomly stumbled upon uh there's a Wikipedia article that lists every person who has ever been killed by a snake in America. Really? And he's on there. Yeah, his name is uh I guess it's it's public info. I can say it. His name is I believe it's uh it's something Lapret, L A P R E T T. Wow. Uh, yeah, like in the death death uh, day of death is like. June twenty something, two thousand four. How's uh, that but yeah. kid? Uh, not great. I bet. 
Yeah. Yeah, I never, I never saw or heard anything about it after that. She, yeah. She, uh, oddly enough, snake farmer. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you know that? Do you know that song, Snake Farm? Uh, I've been to well, the snake farm in in, in Austin yes. or in New Braunfels. No, hell in, yeah. Uh, in yeah, just outside of it was uh, San Antonio actually. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. New 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 Braunfels, I think, is the the town. The New Braunfels. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there is a there's a song by a, a Texas uh, country musician named Ray Wiley Hubbard called Snake Farm, and the core. It, it, first of all, Ray Wiley Hubbard looks like. He looks like Arlo Guthrie did all of the heroin, uh, and and he's he's singing the song, and he's uh, the the chorus is uh, "Snake Farm just sounds nasty." Snake Farm pretty much is Snake Farm. It's a reptile house. Snake Farm. <laughs> so I went to the Snake Farm. Um, Going to a 12-step convention in 05. And uh, so, uh, first off, George Carlin headlined uh, the comedy night, which was crazy. Oh, whoa. Yes. Hell yeah. Yeah. And uh, and secondly, um, we we went out on Sunday. We were just driving around. I said, I just want to go look at any old big spool of yarn. I want to see your spelunking caves. Yeah. I want to I wanna go see your jackalopes. You know, like I I just went for it and um, we ended up at the snake farm and uh, because of my weird personality, I just talked to people and that's Texas. That's all of Texas. Everybody's like, howdy neighbor, how's it going? You want a muffin? Come into the kitchen. I'll teach you how we make Texas toast. And Mm -hmm. so uh, when I was at the snake farm, they just let me hold a baby lemur and showed me around and told me uh, which monkeys like to masturbate at people and uh, which, which and the, the answer is all of them. Uh, yeah. Specifically, one baboon uh, was uh, very into a little bit of a seagulling situation. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, that, yeah. That, that that that's Terry. He likes to jerk off into his hand and throw it at the customers. <laughs> we try to get rid of him. I'm and, telling you, he's just such. If you were in a sleeveless T-shirt wearing a Budweiser hat with the caps pressed onto the the rim of the bill, <laughs> that is exactly what happened <laughs> now now what was their opinion as to whether or not that bitch carol baskin killed her husband <gasps> you know carol baskin <laughs> didn't come up up in 05 but you know what i wish i want to go back there and be like what is your stance on that bitch carol baskin <laughs> you know they have one <laughs> wow uh, uh meth is bad that's what we learned from tiger king <laughs> tiger king should be called tiger king meth is bad um yeah um, I was disappointed that there wasn't any scenes of them smoking the meth. We were just always yeah. supposed to assume the meth was going on, and we see so many other things, like someone's arm get torn off, but no meth. Yeah, like yeah. no active smoking of the I meth. Don't like, need, I know Netflix has standards, but I don't need Breaking Cat. You know what I mean? Like I, I what I you could infer from the lack of teeth and shirts um, that there was meth. <laughs> <laughs> I could have used I could have used at least seeing a a bored out light bulb uh, turned into a meth pipe. You were, That's you all were I'm just saying. looking for authenticity. Is the thing yeah. I was. <laughs> Did you watch you the can't... Amazing Jonathan documentary? No, uh, not yet. But I love the Amazing Jonathan. Oh yeah, you're. If you want to see some meth smoking, boy, you better watch that one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that'd be the one. My favorite bit he ever did was when he had that jar full of like powder and he had that big old straw and he would make the pow- like he would s- 
snuff the powder down in one of his magic. Yeah, jumps. they they definitely talk about that. That's uh, yeah, that that may or may not have been uh, real in some cases. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, I'm bringing us back on the rails. R- yes. Rivers, how do you uh, how do you make decisions in your life? Uh, I don't know. That's that's that was maybe one of the hardest ones to answer. Uh. You know, you just try to consider other people, I guess, is is the best way to, uh, you know, uh, look out for yourself uh, and try to, you know, look look out for other people as much as you can. But also, you know, the, the classic thing of, you know, be willing to cut toxic people loose, you know, or just don't expect anything from them. Be able to, uh, you know, uh, recognize... Um, you know, be, be able to recognize people for who they are and act accordingly, I guess, and then make decisions based on that. So, yeah, I guess that that's that's the best way I can think of it. Is consider uh, consider everybody, consider the circumstances. Have, Don't. Uh, have you been and faced then, uh, with that situation before, where you've had to be like, "You out, you off the island." Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, one. Um, I don't know. One. One situation without getting too specific about it, just basically it was it was a person that was not ever going to change their behavior their and and their behavior was um you know it, it was destruct self destructive but it was the sort of self destructive that would take other people down with it mm-hmm. if it could uh it, you know this person was sort of always trying to find always trying to get a hallelujah uh for insane behavior basically yeah. is the best way to describe it of you know you're I love that always trying to get a hallelujah for insane behavior you know what i mean like like literally like i think like, we found the title for this th- episode absolutely. but you know and th- this wasn't even necessarily the situation with this this person but it's the kind of thing this has happened before with with you know other you know, maybe friends or whatever um, that you've uh, that I've kind of had to at least distance myself from, if not just completely cut off of, you know, like showing up at your house and then starting a fight with your friends that are already there for some reason. Like, you know, if you have like a friend from some, you know, uh, you have a friend show up and there's other people there that they don't know. Yeah. Like, mm. let's say like, you know, it's very like uh, like Anna, let's say. Y- you know, you, I invited you to come hang out with some people I know, mm-hmm. you know, and me, I would assume because I've met you and I've been around you that that's going to be fun and yeah. that's going to be fine because you get along with people. Same with Dave. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I would trust both of you guys to hang out around anyone I know and that it's going to be fine. Yeah. But then there are certain times <laughs> there's people who are like, oh, I can't bring that person around i have to hang out with that person one-on-one to contain their insanity i can't let other people see that i i approve of this person in any way yeah they're and not that's a, the kind of a person that's they're the, a situation they're a situation yeah. exactly and that that is the kind of shit that you have to you know that you have to cut that shit out yeah. uh, that and that, that that has maybe been uh you know one, one of the bigger things for me is because i don't want to do that i want to give yeah. people the benefit of the doubt but at a certain point, you just have to be like, I can't, I can't, I can't with you anymore. Yeah. I can't. Well, it's a, it's also one of those things like you, you have a gut instinct, and uh, when you continually go against your gut instincts, especially with toxic people, it just it, it starts to wear you down. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 exactly right. Um, you know. Yeah, I was trying to think of like a 
sort of maybe a funny anecdote I could give regarding that, but uh, just for the for the sake of not stirring up any shit uh, with something that's sort of dead and in the ground, I will I will refrain. Uh, I love that. I mean, you've moved on. You're uh, you sound like a healthy person. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, to to whatever degree that is. Um, like, what is the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself? Um, with your t- with your time on this planet, I I honestly and this this is a thing that I always forget, and I think a lot of comics can relate to this is that uh, I'm always surprised when I'm not a fraud. Oh <laughs> you know what Lord. I mean? Like, yeah, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people live in this, and especially artists and and just creative people in general live in this constant state of just like, oh my god, I'm I, I am I'm bullshit. I am bullshit. And then you know, all of a sudden, you get validated in some way, whether it be you know in in comedy or what whatever art you're pursuing. So I'm I'm constantly surprised that I'm not uh, I'm not a fraud. I think is the best way to the best way to put it. And I honestly think too. Uh, I've noticed my time in doing it, and I've been doing stand up for uh, over nine years now. Is wait, when did you start? I think we'd probably be about the same time in. It was uh, January first, two thousand and eleven. Oh, no, no so. shit. Yeah, de- December twenty ten. That was when I started. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so right, right around the same time. And throughout my years, I've always noticed, and the uh, the, the people that are the best at stand up. Uh, uh, constantly have to fight that imposter syndrome, uh, but then they they come to the realization that they're not. It's like an ebb and flow thing. At least for me, I can speak for myself yeah. that you know, like I constantly, I you know, uh, and I would hope most, but that's not always the case. Uh, try to be as authentic as possible, uh, but then you look at like your life and your career, and sometimes in the good moments, you're like, how did I trick everybody? into thinking I, <laughs> yeah you know how, how did i pull the wool over so many people's eyes to get to this point but then you know there's a sense of gratitude when you realize that uh you are it is a noble pursuit that you're trying to do as authentic as possible and the the funniest people that i've ever met sometimes feel like they're the worst at comedy and the most absolute dog shit comics are the people that think they're god's gift to comedy yeah so i i think there's this, like a self-actualization that goes into in into the melee that goes on in at least my head yeah no i think that's i think that's right and um yeah you know it's that thing of you <laughs> you like won't have written a joke in a couple of weeks and you're just like ah why, why am i doing this you know <laughs> you're so <laughs> shitty at this and then you'll then you'll write like three that are good and are working you're like oh i'm fucking whatever so it's yeah you're right it is a it is an ebb and flow that i'm sure is very mentally healthy <laughs> Well, you, I, I think that leads into, like, it requires a, a lot of honesty to do what we do, especially internal honesty. Like, what's your level of honesty in your life? Uh, you know, try to keep it, try to keep it high. I don't know. I, I feel like I, I try to live uh, a life that doesn't require a lot of lying, I guess, is the way to, the way to put it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't. That was that was the one that that was the one question on the list that I was just like I don't know I'm good I guess I don't I'm not nothing that's if if there is a whole bunch of bullshit it's not eating me inside I guess yeah. I don't think yeah. about it too much so I guess my levels are pretty good on that I don't know I mean here here's a small aside question a small Dave question can you remember a time in your life that you've lied to someone uh let's see 
If not, that's fine. I yeah, mean, I'm sure there is one, and I'm sure it's hilarious, but it's just not coming to me right off the top. I'll, 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 I'll put that off to the side, and I'll try to think of something funny. I'm sure there's like some sort of Rivers was being a scamp when he was a kid story. Oh yeah, tons of that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, no, it's it's not even like there's there's not even that many like lies it's more just like uh wanton destruction uh yeah. <laughs> as yeah. far as as far as the childhood stuff goes of just you know the the one the first last and only time i went to church uh we were making pet rocks and then i proceeded to throw it through the window in front of my house you know yeah. but that wasn't a lie it was very obvious what happened uh my mom was like i knew that's what happened if you went to church like she was furious <laughs> So, yeah, I'll try to I'll try to think on that one and, and come back to it. That's fun. The um, uh, go ahead, dude. Take take it away. Oh no, I was just I, I was just thinking I, I was relating to the the, the I, I used to lo- I used to love lighting shit on fire. Yeah, hell when yeah. I was when when I was a kid, like I mean, nine times out of ten they were controlled fires. Nine times out of ten. <laughs> But, when you're a but, kid, it's kind of hard to control a fire. Frankly. There was that, well, like, that tenth time where I burned my house down, and that's Gilbert <laughs> Grape. I mean, I grew up. I grew up in Illinois, and far enough out of the city where we still had like a, a little bit of country upbringing. So, like, we had fire pits and things. That's what I mean by controlled oh, okay. Uh, okay. fires. Yeah. Uh, but then the the ones that weren't, like, I can remember once, and I still probably have to figure out how to make an amends for it. Uh, we threw a hay bale inside of a portageon outside of a construction site and lit the bale on fire Hell and watched yeah. the whole shit stack melt down. Wow. So I mean that's. Yeah, I think that's called arson. You know? No, that's just cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a category of, of arson on the books that is just like boys being scamps. <laughs> yeah. Scamp arson, yeah. you know, like unintentionally I, worse I, than it was supposed to be, but still dope. <laughs> I I did. I honestly, I did make an amends to the fire station in my hometown. I, w- I literally, I went in there and uh, the guys were all like standing around. I'm like, look, guys, like I got to tell you something like back, you know, X, Y, Z amount of years ago. Uh, I used to light the big old wheel sized hay bales on fire in that field behind the fire station. And I need to make amends for this. Like, do you know who owns those fields? Or like, I one, I got to make an amends for you guys for wasting your time. And they all like stood around and they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. Like, can I like do something like to help you like buy y'all pizza or like so? And they're like, come here, you got to hear this. And they brought other people in. <laughs> they're like, look so at this idiot apologizing for something he didn't get caught for. I got, I got all these tatted up firemen in my mom and dad's hometown, like st- gathering around while I apologize for lighting random shit in the <laughs> town on fire. Hell yeah. When uh, uh, I think it was like the first, it was yeah, I think it was like the first year I lived here, or maybe the second. Um, I caught, I got involved with doing uh some uh some artwork and uh, shows and stuff like that with uh, John Ennis, uh, from Mister Show, and he grew up in Boston, and he's big buddies with Frank Black from the Pixies, and they put together a show, and I'm huge huge Pixies fan, yeah. uh, and they put together a show at the Lyric Hyperion. Uh, which was Frank Black, 
and Kim Shattuck, who was in the Pixies for a cup of coffee, and then they kicked her out for smiling too much. Um, ah! But uh, it was him and Kim Shattuck playing at the Lyric Hyperion, which uh, I know Dave and Anna know, but if you're listening to this and you don't know, is a very, very small uh, comedy space, Black Box Theater in Los Angeles. So it's just Frank Black, who I've paid tons and tons of money to see as the full band yeah. and stuff a bunch just playing uh like with an amp about you know about as big as my head and uh doing some you know songs and stuff like that and he told this story about growing up kind of out in the country in mass in massachusetts and they had him and some friends had a camp out and they had a pig roast and they the you know they were roasting a pig on the on an open fire and then the fire got out of control and burned down the entire forest, like near their house. Like it was this massive fire. I and shouldn't laugh. Well, <laughs> well, so uh, they, the kids, I guess, had already because it's it's Frank Black from the Pixies, so you can assume what sort of kid he was. The fire department, and the police department, already assumed that these kids were Satanists, and this was, you know, in the middle of like the you know, the Satanic panic. And so there's this big forest fire, and in the middle of the fire, they find bones, yeah. and they thought that Frank and his friends had like sacrificed a human being and started a forest fire. So they all got arrested until they figured out they were pig bones, what? and they were just like, "Nah, man, we were just trying to have a luau in the woods." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, and that's crazy because like uh, in the in the late seventies, early eighties, that Satanic panic. Like I listened to a lot of true crime podcasts, and I was I just finished one. Uh, I, I'm, I I listened to a lot of the uh the cbc the canadian yeah uh, uh canadian true crime podcast and uh there was a there was a chunk of time where every th- at, the people were getting put in jail for for supposed satanic rituals and stuff like that oh yeah and and, it, and it's so funny because that story coming from the pixies i just imagine like that's their smoke on the water you yeah. know that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> Slicing up eyeballs, I want you to know. Girl, you're so groovy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm loving this episode. Can I just like say that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, you, you're you're a big music guy, uh, as am I, and I I love music, and it kind of leads into the next question. Like, uh, you know, are you an anxious person, and how do you deal with anxiety in your life? Uh, this is, yeah, this is the one that I, I was going to kind of relate back to comedy as far as, you know, feeling, uh, fraudulent or whatever is like, no, <laughs> I'm really not that anxious. Wow. I'm, I'm anxious occasionally about specific things. And I get this from my, I, it's, it's my dad. What's it I think. like? <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, it, I think it's, it's my dad. Like yeah. every time my dad is the chillest person on the planet. Mm-hmm. And my mom is just like the kind of, you know, more creative outgoing one. Um, but yeah, if you, yeah, if you talk to my dad, I mean, he's, he's funny when you get him talking and stuff like that, but yeah, he's just one of those guys. It's just very, very even keeled. I didn't even find out that he was like a pot guy until I was living here in LA, like in my late twenties, I found out like, um, uh, my friend Richard, his dad owns uh, Village Photographers, which does the uh, yearbooks for Auburn University. And Richard uh, is like the manager over there working for his dad now. And he uh, texted me this picture in like 2014. And it was from the 1979 
uh, Auburn University Glomerata yearbook, and it was the Normal Club, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. <laughs> and he texts me this picture and goes, second row on the left, is that your dad? And I look at it, and I'm like, motherfucker, that is my dad. Hell yeah. And, yeah. and in the... Uh, and they had all made up fake names because it was the year he was graduating and he figured like, oh, I don't want to try to get a job and then find out I was a free, you know, hippie freak. And so my dad's name in the yearbook was Rasputin T. Van Jones. Uh, <laughs> and so and again, like I had always assumed like that my dad was just, you know, always like a pretty like just regular dude. I, I would have never assumed that he was like a big weed guy. My mom, uh, my mom, who's who's, I think, uh, yeah, he's she's, uh, I think she's yeah, not nine or ten years older than my dad. Uh, so my mom is a fucking grad school uh, undergrad cradle robber and shit like that. Hey, as um, a cradle <laughs> robber myself, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's your future, Anna? It's well, cougar life. <laughs> well, she. Uh, she always maintained that she was never like a big pothead and, but she did go, she has seen Jimi Hendrix in concert. She has seen the original lineup of the Allman brothers in concert, Janis Joplin, the mamas and the papas. Like she's seen, she went to the Atlanta international pop festival in 1970 and Jimi Hendrix blew out the lights in Atlanta. Like, you know, and and then she would always tell me like, yeah, you know, but no, I, I was, I was never like a big weed person. You know, I never did it. She but. was an she was an old acid head from way back. You were asking the well, wrong questions. Well, so, no, no, I was asking. No, I, I was asking the wrong questions because now, at you know, now as an adult, also not being a weed person, feeling no compulsion to really do drugs in any way, uh, you know, then my mom makes sense. That's where I got that aspect of my personality. But I was asking the wrong question because I never even thought to turn to my dad and be like. So what were you up to in college? So then I send that picture to my mom, and I was like, hey, is this dad? Uh, and the, the little thing came up that said, you know, red. So I knew she saw it. And then about the length of a discussion passed, so 15, 20 minutes, and then she texts back like, yeah, that's your dad. Uh, <laughs> wow. And then the next, time, the next time I went home to visit, my dad was like, Oh yeah, yeah. We, I, I could. I, he's like, I was the fastest joint roller at Auburn University, <laughs> and he was like, and my dad essentially was like, yeah, I sold. I used to sell pot. Girls would come to my house and buy weed from my house. And I'm like, what? So, <laughs> turns out Rasputin T Van Jones was uh, was killing it, uh, and I don't even know how to roll a joint. And that my dad apparently was the fastest person in Alabama. So, wow. Uh, <laughs> Fastest, fastest in Bama. Just, I, I just imagine him like there's a like a joint, like a roll off, and there's like the whole crew is there, and he's just got a sweatband on, and he's just yeah. fucking licking and rolling and licking and rolling, and then he slams the timer. Yes. <laughs> there's gonna be a roll off. <laughs> roll off. <laughs> yeah. Well, they didn't have TV. They didn't have like you know that much entertainment in the seventies. So uh, I'm sure that's about right. But anyway, yeah. To answer your question. I, I think I got that. I think I got that from dad because he does. He seems to be pretty, pretty damn chill all the time. Uh, so, like I said, I'll get I'll get anxious about certain, you know, certain specific things. But overall, mm-hmm. nah, just kind of, I don't know. 
I love that. That's, that's yeah, great. It's, it's it, like I said, it makes me insecure in comedy because I'm like, oh, I'm not... Uh, uh, I'm not crazy enough to be in this field. Don't don't uh, do that to yourself. No. Yeah. Be like, be like uh, my life is not as big of a garbage fire as my colleagues. So where am I pulling from? How am I supposed to be funny? Um, it's like yeah. you have such an incredible creative imagination, and your ability to observe is something that like I I want in my standup. I'm always like a thing happened, and you're always like a thing is like this, and I I really enjoy that. Uh, well, oh, Frank, Zapp- Frank Zappa never did any drugs. That's uh, yeah. That's, oh, that's that right. Yeah, f- yeah. Wait, Frank Zappa. And he made really. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's Frank his Zappa- thing. Yeah, yeah. Frank yeah. Zappa was like Frank- the original straight edge kid. Yep. Yeah. Frank Zappa chain smoked uh, like a motherfucker, but he never did drugs. Yeah. You know that. So to bring it back, full. Uh, so smoke on the water is uh, about um, a, a big party that Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention threw. And then uh, the line is, some stupid with a flare gun went and burned the place to the ground. So evidently, so there was this big old party, and his bandmates always partook in drugs, but Frank never did. And yeah. uh, Smoke on the Water, that song, it was about this big old party that the Mothers of Invention threw, and some, some asshole with a flare gun shot it into the house and burned the whole place to the ground. Yeah, yeah, it was a concert in Montreux, uh, and the yeah. water the the water in question is Lake Geneva, uh, in Switzerland. What? Yeah, man, somewhere uh, my dad is happy as a motherfucker. Like, <laughs> like if dad if 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 there are podcasts in the afterlife, he's like, this is the best episode you've done. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a casino, wasn't it? They were playing a concert at a casino in Montreux, and uh, and the whole the whole casino burned down or part of it something like mm-hmm. that oh i think it was a, yeah it was like a concert of some sort i love um, this i love this but yeah rivers what is like one that's 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 rasputin t van jones by the way what? there he is <laughs> for the patreon <laughs> subscribers hot. you're getting a yeah. look oh my god what a hottie that's my that's my pops I yeah. nimble that. fingers look at those nimble joint rolling Ooh. fingers it's like, <laughs> these, these, these are what made my fame <laughs> just yeah that's so funny um what is one thing about yourself, Rivers, that you would like to change? Uh, I don't know. I, I would like more. I would like, uh, you know, I uh, more get up and go. I guess I have I have a long stack of projects uh, that I that of long term just things to do uh, that I sometimes cannot bring myself to even engage with. So they will just sit there. Uh, like for instance, uh, I was summoned for jury duty uh, about a year ago, and I just have been uh, throwing away the stuff because I'm like, you know what? I just don't want to go on the internet and do it. I've, I've, uh, I did. Uh, Eric Barnes had a uh, podcast for a while. They're called Raging Joy, yes. where it was kind of talk about the things that irritate you. And my answer was uh, just very broadly uh, rigmarole. Just just bullshit just things mm-hmm. like which is why like filing for unemployment was terrible for me because i'm like ah oh, it's yeah. a thing that i don't want to do Ta- so, yeah ta- taxes unemployment mm-hmm. fucking oh i oh, i gladly pay money i do not have to have my taxes done for me every yeah. time i'm just essentially handing my rebate over to the people but it's fine i'm like you know what <laughs> I would rather never think about mathematics. Have you uh, been making good use of this quarantine time? Because that's actually, that's a a thing I desperately, that's a defect I desperately need to work on. And same thing, jury duty. I was two years behind on my taxes. 
I oh, filed shit, yeah. an extension and forgotten about it. And Fuck. so I had all sorts of stuff I had to do. And where's my task list? I have this really um, condescending uh, task list that literally says stop procrastinating at the top. And yeah. notice all the edits like, it has on there because I hate editing. I like it says stop procrastinating. There's no there's there's no fucking G at yeah, the Yeah, stop procrastinating. <laughs> Get it together. Um, but like last week, this was like two pages long. And I was showing a friend of mine in the program this morning. I was like, look at how small my task list is. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but like nice. I, I've been burning through projects, um, one of which was bring back this podcast. Like what's one thing that you've done to like... Have you spent this time doing that stuff, or are you just like doing other? <laughs> we, stuff? We've just been doing more podcasting. Like all of the, <laughs> I'm the really the the sad truth of it is I think this whole thing is going to be over, and it's like, what do you have to show for it? It's like, well, a shitload more podcasts, uh, which is fine. Yeah, that's what I really enjoy doing, and it's it's truthfully like the best way to do comedy right now because uh, <laughs> it's you know uh, and I'm in a lucky enough situation to be quarantined with the people I was doing the show with anyway nice. and so the podcast doesn't sound that much different and I think a lot of people have uh, reached out to me and said like oh yeah this is actually you know good for me and stuff like yeah. that so that those those kinds yeah. of messages are always nice um, and that podcast because, by the way is goods from the woods yeah goods from yeah. the woods yeah we Quick got promo uh, yeah, quick promo. We got uh, two Anna episodes and a Dave episode coming soon. As soon as we can be in the same room, I would love to have Dave on and let me hot. check my schedule. I think I can find an opening. <laughs> no, I want to. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I like I, the do the Zoom ones are fine, but man, there's just there's nothing like being in the same room. Yeah, you know. So, but yeah, we've been you know doing a lot of podcasts. I did, like I said, I got my garden planted. Um, you know, just keeping it keeping the house somewhat uh clean um but yeah no i've got uh yeah i don't know there, you know like every comic there's a there's a screenplay to write and there's uh a sketch to do there's you know there's shit i want to work on but yeah. it's yeah, yeah I have, I, I have, I, procrastination is probably my biggest uh, thing i need to work on well i think too a lot of it is um i never feel like i'm doing enough even though i do a lot yeah, that, that, yeah. That, that's like a weird it's a weird thing like I have the proof in front of me that yeah. I, I, I am doing a lot this this I, town this town does not help that I nope. will say that this town if you're one of those people that has a complex that you feel like you're not doing enough shit <laughs> this is the worst place to be because you're like oh everybody is doing everything and, and, so, and they're making it like it's their version of virtue sig signaling they're it's like busy signaling like what are you yeah what are you working grind. on oh my I god grind. La, la, la. and you're like yeah i'm working on being a good person that's what i'm working yeah, on. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah. I, I i also find comfort in the fact that uh, a lot of people are just shitting in their hands and throwing it and calling it content bingo, bingo. so so like I, I i never feel like i'm always feeling like i i need to be doing more but i'm i can also find contentment in knowing that the things that i am doing are what i deem quality i mean yeah. that's to to each their own opinion but no, i for I, sure I, Cause you, cause you see it, and it's just so, some people are so afraid to be left in the dust during all this that they're yeah. rushing. They're rushing something that maybe if they gave a week or two more, like a sketch or a monologue or whatever, if they gave like a week or two more of just like, 
hey, like write this out, sketch it out, and make it quality. And it's not my place to judge how anybody's getting through this, but no, no. I, I take comfort in knowing that when I when I release something, it is it is the quality that I would expect out of the things that I consume. That is that is uh, very very well said, and I feel the same way. Yeah, I I am a. I, I am a, a bit of a perfectionist, especially when it comes to uh, like output, public output. You know, if if it's like a podcast or I mean, I spend I spend a quite a significant amount of time, at, you know, editing and researching and stuff like that, doing doing podcasts and everything. And I I just yeah, it, it's 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 kind of that thing of like I, I, th- this is this is what I would like to see, I guess. So it makes it. Uh, um, you know, it gives you a little bit of pressure to put, uh, or it puts you under a little bit of pressure, I guess, to make something that's good, uh, as opposed to something that's, there's a lot of it. The, the balance that you have to draw is, um, you know, make it, make it as good as you can, I guess, as far as content goes, but then don't, don't try to make it so good that it never actually comes out. You know, it's it's uh, to use another music uh, thing. It's like Smile uh, by the Beach Boys. It's like, okay, yeah, don't don't uh, put that much pressure on yourself to put out a teenage symphony to God. You know, it's fine. Just uh, you can chill a little bit. Brian Wilson, you write good songs. They're fine. (laughs) Love it. Love it. And then when it does come out, you're just like, okay. I mean, it's better in my mind, you know. I don't actually the the story of them all being in a, a hot studio, uh, you know, blowing fire whistles and stuff is funnier than it actually is good. <laughs> well, how do you in your life experience forgiveness? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It, it's it's sort of that that sort of goes back to that first uh, question, I guess, of like. You can, you can be cool with somebody and not actually have to engage with them at any point. And I guess that's that's the uh, that's the closest thing to closest thing to forgiveness there is of just being like, all right, fine, you know, things can't go back to the way they were or whatever. But I'm not mad if you're not mad. That that kind of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel I feel like I've really try as hard as I can to because I make fun of people so much for getting mad about dumb stuff mm-hmm. that I can't, I can't do it myself. I'll, I'll have to, I, I think I'm, I think I'm fairly decent at reining myself in about getting mad about dumb stuff. Like yeah. I'm, I can be mad about it for a day maybe. And then, and then reel it back and be like, okay, you are actually, cause uh, you know, the, the number one rule of the internet, right. Is don't let them see you get mad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. cause that's the, that's the worst mm-hmm. is, we all love a good mad person you know that's when someone's real mad online it's the funniest thing ever and you're like don't lord don't let me become that Uh, i i i I can't tell you how many replies i've deleted uh before even before even sending them i i i will type out fucking straight up copperhead venom and yes yes delete it yeah 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 oh i've I, I would say that that has been maybe my biggest uh, personal growth uh, in the last ten years is not being a reply guy. You know, I I was I was like, you know, known for it somewhat. I I would go, I would go to my local NBC affiliate from Montgomery, Alabama, to their Facebook page specifically to fight people, <laughs> uh, and and I loved it. It was fun, but it's so much more fun to be weird with them now 
Yeah. You know, I, I I'll still be a reply guy, but I'm never gonna say what I actually think. It's way more funny to be subversive, like to you know challenge a guy to a wrestling match or something like that. You know, <laughs> shit like that. Uh, that was that was one I did. There was a guy I or a jo- ch- challenge him to a joint roll off. Yeah, <laughs> well that that'd be my dad. I couldn't do that shit. Um, but yeah, there was <laughs> you me. <laughs> there was a uh, there was a guy a couple of years ago who was you know just being extremely you know homophobic and stuff like that, and I invited him to a Christian wrestling match that I was having. I was like, I was like, me and some of the guys down at the church are having a Christian wrestling match, and you know I, I'm looking at your body, and I think it would just be great. You'd be a great entrant. You know, <laughs> it's amateur wrestling, <laughs> and I just basically tried to make the. The guy think I was like a youth a youth That's pastor really trying to, trying to trying to wrestle him uh, yeah. for for God. <laughs> so yeah, stuff like that. So I, I it, you know uh, I yeah. I've, I've been uh, I've been I've been trying to get better at uh, not not ever don't ever let him see you get mad get weird with it. That's awesome. One of my one of my favorite things to do with homophobic bros is to yell, get that dick, son. Get that dick. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's my favorite Where? moment in the, it's my favorite moment in the Ollie G show, uh, is when, uh, Bruno goes to, uh, goes to Panama city beach and <laughs> gets those guys to wrestle him and stuff. And he, at the very end, they're all just like getting all, you know, worked up and stuff. And at the end, he's like, all right, say hello to Austria gay TV. And they're like, what? what <laughs> like after engaging in you know the most homoerotic activity for about 10 min- 10 straight minutes they're really mad that they're on austrian gay tv so uh fantastic <laughs> <laughs> like for for the listeners you said a phrase reply guy could you clarify that for them Oh, just, uh, you know, just go online. Anytime somebody says something on Twitter and you see a bunch of replies, like, like for instance, here's a good for instance. Uh, every time Donald Trump says anything, anything, there's a million things being like, oh, you, yeah. you know, like, well, they'll write these long ass things just, and it's like, yeah, you're right. But you've wasted so much time. You're right, but who gives a shit? A reply guy is someone who is right, but who cares? You're, you've wasted everyone's time. Pardon. Wasted everybody's time, uh, you know, by, by spouting off at somebody for no reason. You're getting, you're getting yourself all worked up for no reason. It's like, dude, yeah, he's, he sucks. Just He's not going to tweet anything good. Just fucking block him. <laughs> There's no reason to be yeah. mad. <laughs> I had to block the president. Is very funny. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, just do it for your own health. Yeah, I love it. What is? Have you ever had to give any weird apologies or received any weird apologies? Have you had any like weird amends? Like people come up to you and be like, "Oh, uh, uh, you mean I did? I have to give him or did I get one? I Either got a way. weird Either. one. I got a yeah, really I, fucking weird one." Yeah, lay it on us. Uh, so okay. you were you you were working as a firefighter, and this bearded gentleman walked in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll try to think if I've given one. I'm sure I have. I don't know. The weird one I got um, was it was the night that Doug Jones uh, won the Senate election down in Alabama, uh, and a friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine who I legitimately. 
it's not like we talked very much, but I considered him one of those people that if we just saw, you know, he lives in like the South and I live out here, but it'd be one of those things. Like if we saw each other at a party, we could just, you know, pick right back up, you know, whatever. Like we don't talk on the reg, but I had zero against the guy. Right. Um, we just hadn't talked in a while. So it, my phone rings and it's this friend of mine and he goes, um, and I'm like, oh, hey, what's going on, man? And he's just like, hey, um, uh, I'm kind of drunk because Doug Jones won. I was I was at a party. And, uh, <laughs> well, you know. Was it good I drunk just, or bad drunk? Was he? Well, it, it was it was yay. Doug Jones won. Let's party. And okay. now it had turned into this. Okay. Got it. Uh, yeah. He's, he's a liberal. If that's what you're asking. Yes. Yeah, was he was happy. <laughs> he was happy about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and he was like, I'm kind of drunk. And I just wanted to tell you that I have uh, resented you for a long time. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's funny because I literally never think about you. <laughs> it's like, I don't. I have, I have not really thought about you until this exact moment you called. I didn't say that, of course. I was just like, okay. Well, okay. What? Uh, and he, and he was just like, yeah, you know, I, I just, and he's kind of mumbling a bunch. And then there's a, like, kind of a silence. And he just goes, I'm just, I guess I'm just wondering if I could do your podcast. <laughs> what? And I was like, uh, I was like, uh, you, you live in Atlanta, dude. Like, I don't, uh, I guess if I'm in Atlanta, you know, and this is obviously before, this is a couple of years ago. This is before the age of Corona. I was like, yeah, I per- we, we don't really do phoners, you know, <laughs> we don't really do. We'd kind of like to do it in. And, you know, and also this is like me and Pat and Mr. Goodnight era of the goods from mm-hmm. the woods. Like I'm like, man, Pat and Goodnight ain't going to come down there to do your, you know, to talk to my weird friend. I haven't talked to in forever. <laughs> and See- so, uh, but it was just this very fucking strange conversation um, that essentially boiled down to, he had made, a tremendous investment into like a studio, uh, like a multimedia kind of YouTuber sort of situation down in Atlanta. And I, I, I don't know what the plan was. I was like, I don't think we're as popular as you think we are. Like, I don't know if we're going to move the needle that much for you, buddy. But I mean, we get like 10,000 downloads a month, but that, which is great. But like, I don't think we're really going to be able to have enough people support whatever it is you're doing here but i'm you know i'm happy to help um so he invited me to the studio in atlanta where he was you know working and doing all this stuff and i went i was there to do a comedy show i was at the laughing skull lounge and so i told him i'm like hey yeah i'm doing a show in atlanta you y'all should come out to the show and then afterwards we can go to the the studio thing and he uh, you know, it's I, I got him like uh, some, you know, tickets to the show and stuff like that, uh, comps, and he didn't show up, which I don't – fine. <laughs> I, do, I genuinely don't care. So here's, here's what I love <laughs> yeah, about you. Do- yeah, you dodged a bullet. Yeah. We <laughs> no, have, well, we have well, no, but You yeah. are so kind that this man called you and said, I resent you. <laughs> He said it. He said it in the past tense. He was like, "I I resented you for a long time. I resented you for a long time. I yeah. would like to do your podcast. 
I have a podcast <laughs> yeah. studio. Yeah. And then you yeah. were like, you know what? Water and I was like, bridge, I'll come man. look at your studio. Yeah, yeah, I'll come look at your studio. Whatever. I don't know. Skin off my ass. Whatever. Uh, well, I mean, it's like a guy I've been friends with forever. Did he you know? ever say what he resented you about? Um, Just, I mean, I think I... I kind of know he didn't ever get specific because that's not a conversation I want to have. So I was just like, kind of like, and he was drunk too. So it was that thing of, I was just like, all right, man, cool. Was it cause you all got right. out of the small town? Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. I think yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's that, that would be the main thing. Cause he's, you know, he's a funny guy too. And he did comedy a little bit, stuff like that. So it's, you know, and it's not like I'm having like this, tremendous amount of success out here necessarily but it, you know I, I i said i was gonna do a thing and i fucking did it Hell yeah! you know uh and so i, I can read into it as much as that's that's kind of what i think it was but i also didn't ask him specifically because i don't care i was just like yeah. i just don't want i don't want someone to be mad at me about some shit that i didn't fucking know i was doing well you know? the, the best part about this is too it's just like it's more proof because a, a lot a lot of people in recovery get real spun up and resentful mm-hmm. on certain things uh-huh. and you just said it perfectly like i literally don't think about you dude i i <laughs> I, I, I i don't it's not crossed my mind so yeah. fucking you know what tort- yeah, no been torturing yourself. No yeah. offense. I don't. I'm care. sorry. My podcast, "The Goods from the Woods," uh, available on all platforms, <laughs> on iTunes, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> iTunes. Rate and review. Yeah. Well, so like and subscribe. But like, what's funny about it is he called to say that and to, I guess, theoretically, like apologize for being pissed at me. And then I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm doing a show." And normally, like, I genuinely don't give a shit if people that I know come to the shows I do. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. But I did go to the, you know, I was like, I'll get you a ticket and then we'll do the thing. You and it was the basically, extra mile. that's when it's the, annoying. If, yes. Well, it, it was, yes. It, it was literally, it was just like a, a, a way to be like, okay, if you come to the show, just logistically, this will be easier. Cause then you'll be there and we can go see your studio. You, you're working on. Right. Like it wasn't, I didn't mean anything by it, but then he did not show up, you know? Yep. Which I just thought was, like, funny. I wasn't mad. I was just like, that's hilarious that he got shit-faced, called to apologize to me, and then... The didn't one, even follow through with the didn't shit Didn't follow through to about. show up to a free comedy show where I'm not even, like, the main person on. I'm just the fucking... The, the guest spot. Like, it was a good... It was a good lineup, too. So he just... So I go to the studio to, like, hang out with him, and he's got... Um, uh, business partner that he was working with at the time who was another guy i went to high school with that i knew and i get there and same thing with the with his business partner a guy i like a lot and know but don't really hang out with very much um but we get there and he is acting like such an asshole (laughs) like from the moment i get there uh he is being a dick uh, to me and my friend that I came with and like everybody is just ceaselessly being a dickhead the whole time uh, and then leaves and then just doesn't come back and then the rest of the time I'm just hanging out with his business partner and I'm like oh yeah this guy's cool man I like this guy <laughs> like so I end up uh, becoming better friends with his business partner and then uh, just kind of being like well that was weird and I don't think we've talked since then that was like 2017 or 2018 whenever Doug Jones happened 2018 yeah. Wow. so yeah I don't I, so I don't know what the status is with that I, I haven't reached out because I don't 
care, but he hasn't reached out either. But I don't know. Maybe he stopped drinking. Who knows? Uh, Man. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway, yeah, that was so my my one uh, I'm <laughs> my one apology I've offered. Yeah, it's uh, is uh, I don't know if that's is that's what you were looking that's for, but that's great. what comes to mind immediately. That's a great story, man. That's it. You yeah. have the best stories. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm trying to think of one for me about some some shit I did. I don't know. I I when I was six, I threw my uh, I threw my friend's cat into the, the the goldfish pond, and his mom was real pissed at me. I had to, yeah. I, had to write, I had to write her an apology note and did the cat show make up. It back? And, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, it was the cat was unhappy with the situation because it's a cat, but you know he was fine. He just skidded out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> you were just like, I wonder what this does. Bloop. Literally, Bloop. I was like five or six, and yeah, I, I was like, I grabbed the cat and I was like, I bet he'd like a bath. <laughs> just threw him in the threw him in the koi pond, and the cat was Hell and yeah. then just skid out of the koi pond. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah, I don't know. I have to. I will. I'll have to come back on here and actually think of some shit that I did because I feel like I haven't given you much. You've been great. <laughs> don't even. Hey, don't even. Hey, just be being a good dude. You know, <laughs> like you, you, you have a very centered way about you. Now, is it, do you have any type of spiritual practice? No. Any meditation? Any like well, nope. like just, a day to day keep me- rivers together situation. I, I again I uh, I should I should you know be better at like exercising or some shit but uh, no I I uh, I was raised it's weird because it's not even that I was raised like atheist it was just the topic never came up like about about religion like my parents didn't take me to church I didn't go I mean I was aware of it I guess the only time it would come up is if we had to go to like weddings or funerals or some shit and they said the Lord's prayer and I would just be looking around going like, how does everyone know this? You know, <laughs> like, uh, and then, like I said, I, I went to, um, my, my mom worked, my mom and dad both worked out of town. Uh, they are, uh, they were both school teachers in rural Alabama high schools. And so they were both about 30 to 45 minutes outside of town. So they had to commute every day. And uh, so after school, uh, I was uh, my mom uh, put me uh, with there was a woman who had a grandchild about my age and she would take care of a, a bunch of kids. So it wasn't like an official like daycare. It was just like a really nice old lady that looked after a bunch of kids in the afternoon. And her name was uh, Emily Nixon. And she is one of those rare, like very Christian people that walks it like they talk it kind of a thing. So. My, the one religious person I knew was probably the best one to know, which is a person who's, you know, very, very understanding and caring and, you know, is what that religion should be about. Um, and, but yeah, during a summer school one year, my parents were both going to have to teach summer school and Miss Nixon, they wanted her to look after me while that was going on. And Miss Nixon was like, well, you know, Miss Gale, I can, I can look after rivers, but I already said I was going to volunteer uh, at the vacation Bible school. So he would, you know, he'd have to come with me to vacation Bible school. And my, my mom was like, all right, whatever. I don't give a shit. I got to work, you know, fine. Uh, and so I got taken to vacation Bible school where, like I said, we did, uh, we got a pet rock. I painted the pet rock and then threw it through the window that happened that week. Uh, and, but yeah, my mom on the phone with Miss Nixon, you know, she was like, Oh, you know, we're going to go. Is it okay if he goes to vacation Bible school? And this is, uh, my mom's famous, all-time quote is uh miss nixon i don't mind if rivers comes back a baptist as long as he doesn't come back a fucking republican so, uh, <laughs> uh, 
So that was there the one condition of me going to vacation Bible school. So I had to read the thing later, though. I'm now very uh, fascinated by it. I've been reading it actually a little bit during the uh, during the quarantine, just because my last English class I majored in English lit, and uh, my last English class I took it was a four thousand level class called the Bible for Literature Students, where we yep. read the entire thing cover to cover. And from, I had like never a, from a story standpoint. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was a I was an English uh, degree uh, kid myself, and we we studied it as a book of stories. Yeah, and it's it's you know it's like really it's really fun to read, but it's also you're just like, dude, there is no quicker way to make a person an atheist than to read the actual Bible because you're just like, what, what, <laughs> what is happening? Uh, there's so many sword fights. Uh, <laughs> It's just book of sword fights mainly. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, that was about the extent of it. It was just me reading it as like a, you know, a fucking little pissed off 21 year old or whatever. Just being like, yeah, this is, yeah, man, the book of Mark is, it's pretty dark, man. I like it cause it's darker than the other <laughs> gospels, dude. It's a little bit more metal. It's a little bit more metal, metal than Job. Uh, if I'm being yeah. honest. Oh, Job is so metal. Actually, uh, <laughs> Uh, my uh, my co-host emeritus on the podcast, Pat Riley, who doesn't do stand-up anymore. He's a, he's a professor of sociology, had one of my favorite uh, jokes ever. He's just like, dude, have you read the Bible? It's so metal, dude. Adam removed his ribs so he could suck his own dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking uh, great. I love it. Yeah, that's that's one of them. It's one of them jokes where you know someone quits doing comedy and they have like yeah. a few good jokes and then they quit. And you're like, how much could I can I buy that one off? Yeah. You? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a beautiful What's, joke. Oh, I miss Pat. Aww. Yeah, he's around. You know. He had a beautiful baby, just, right? He's just being. He's just being happy, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has a beautiful uh, wife and child, so he's just. Uh, just happy as a clam. I think he's actually he's moving to Canada. Uh, he got a job in Vancouver, so he's going to be going up and teaching Hell at university, yeah. which is uh, which sucks, but also is great because uh, he's he's going to have a place for me to stay in Vancouver, and that's yeah. uh, can- Canada's my that's favorite place right. to do comedy. Canada's so. a fun place to do comedy. My favorite thing to do in Canada is to say, "Where are my Latinos at?" and then have everybody <laughs> say nothing and then start laughing. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Some uh, uh, Jared Logan, who's a, a really funny comic, or writes for uh, James Corden's show, uh, said that uh, Canada is the Galapagos Islands of comedy uh, <laughs> because it's it's very similar to the animals on the mainland. But they it's kind of hard to leave Canada if you're a comedian, so they just develop this totally weird style. It's like yeah, it's like yeah, they're birds, but they're way different than regular <laughs> birds. <laughs> so that's great, but. But yeah, somebody else said this one too, and I, I agree. It's like the the best thing about it is they just love this shit so much that if you had a lineup and the lineup was like Maria Bamford, Carrot Top, and Dave Chappelle, they would all have just bomb sets. Like everybody mm-hmm. would get like they would love all three of them equally. Yeah. Uh so be the best show yeah. they ever saw. Every show is the best yeah. show they ever saw. Absolutely. But yeah, no, I, I I wish I could if I could pick a daily ritual to get good at, it would be exercising, but goddamn, uh, well, I'm like every other person in LA where I spent way too much on a gym membership and then uh, used, you know, less than whatever 50 percent of the actual time in the gym. I have a connection well, for-, for a free login to the Peloton app. Hit me up after the pod. What is what is that? <laughs> the- it's that it's that fucking machine bike that tells you 
you're not good enough. But no, <laughs> they do. Um, they do power walking and running and uh, fitness, other fitness classes, yoga and stuff. It's really good. That's how I'm getting yeah. buff, guys. Look at how buff I'm getting. I know. Yeah, uh, you're looking so, great. so so swell. <laughs> I I wanted to ask before because I'm a big music guy and I I don't really I'm not. I'm probably not the most spiritual person in the in the world, but music is one of those things yeah. where if if I th- if I thought if I thought there was a, a specific higher power in my life, the main thing would be music for me, and yeah. I, I have a suspicion that you might feel the same way. I I do, and I I remember a very specific instance of uh, I watched the Flaming Lips at uh, the Tabernacle in Atlanta, and if you've never been to the Tabernacle, it's an old church. Uh, you yes. will probably best know it as the place where Bill Burr filmed his black and white special. Okay. Uh, that's the tabernacle. It's like, so it's a venue that holds maybe 2,500 people. And the Flaming Lips are like a festival band. Like usually they're playing in a huge field. So to see them in a small venue like that was incredible. And there was a moment where I was watching the show and being like, oh, this is what religious people feel like in church. You yep. know, like, oh, this is where you're just where you move by the spirit, as they say. Yeah. Live music for me is I, I'm not a church goer. I have nothing against it. Like, I, I yeah. feel like the people that you're uh, like your friend in your story, you know, that walk it like they talk it. Love yeah. those people. Got nothing against it. But for me, going to church means I go to see live music. I saw the lips play Red Rocks and they covered Soft Bulletin front to back Whoa, with the Colorado with the Colorado Symphony, wow. and that to me was going to church. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think uh, you know mo- most of the times I- I'm a big uh, you know country country music guy, and every time I've ever seen, actually, I'll tell you about this. All right, so there was a there was a show that we went to because there there is a small uh, little cadre of uh, L.A. you know alt comedians, and we all go to the uh, sad boy country shows together. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> And so Let, it was like I, I want to go next okay, time. Oh, dude, please. you're on the you're uh, next time, man. Yeah, next time Jason Isbell or Sturgill Simpson's in town or Margot Price Fuck or whatever, up. we're doing it. Uh, but yeah, we all went. It was uh, me and Kanane and Dave Stone and uh, like Kyle Clark and my friend Rosalie and just just like a bunch of people were sitting there, and it was just an evening of the saddest music. It was this was the lineup. It was Jason Isbell and Amy Mann. <laughs> Oh lordy! And uh, did did, did I, he play elephant? Did he play the song about his friend dying of cancer? Yes, he did. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Jason Isbell. So I mean, speaking of recovery, he's the you know he's he's the uh, he's the big recovery. He wrote the recovery song, "Cover Me Up." Yeah. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, every time I've ever seen him. That's 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 a very simple because I you know what's funny is like I watched him as I'm a huge drive by truckers guy and I've seen the truckers play with Jason Isbell back in you know the mid 2000s literally like 20 times I think I've seen them all said and done I think I've seen DBT about 30 times Um, okay but uh, I saw during uh, mostly during the Jason Isbell era and he was always such a good songwriter and then he you know got kicked out of the band went solo so I watched and I watched his first you know shows as a solo artist and now he's playing the Greek theater and the the Hollywood Bowl and shit like that so I mean I watched that whole career arc and so when I see him now it is like just guaranteed. Like, all right, uh, the question isn't when am I gonna start crying. It's what song yep. is gonna fucking do it. Yep. Uh, yeah, and it's usually uh, yeah, it's usually their flagship, uh, especially if he's playing with his wife, because you know his <laughs> she's she's amazing too, and they're just like 
making this beautiful music together and it's more beautiful than anything you'll ever do. <laughs> and so you're just like, my God, look at it. Look at the beauty of it. <laughs> so. Yeah. They, do, do you get goosebumps when uh, you hear real good music? Oh, that's not it's not a thing everybody has, but it's yeah. like that's for me as close a lot of the times for me. it That's for me. That's a very spiritual I've, connection. I've got the shit just talking about it right now. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, fucking, yeah, goose, uh, goosebumps to music, baby. That that is for, for anybody out there listening. Like if you're struggling with a higher power concept or whatever, you could start there. You can start that tonally. There are some music that makes skin bumps on your body. Yeah, well, and, uh, you know, the uh, one of the, you know, obviously the what's happening now is uh, is terrible. But the worst the worst thing that's happened personally to me was the death of John Prine. Uh, Oh, fuck. Yeah, same. I I, I wept. I I and uh, just tie this back into Jason Isbell. I don't know if you have you watched any of his uh, quarantine stuff he's been doing. No, I haven't. So Jason Isbell, his wife, uh, his sister-in-law, and her husband, who's also a guitar player, all quarantined together. So they've been making these uh, these things where they just go out in the barn every day with their kids and just sing songs. And it's just been really beautiful. And then John Prine dies. And, of course, Jason and is- and Amanda Shires toured with him extensively. So they knew the guy yeah, really they well. Yeah, pl- they, the, they played the Ryman Theater in Nashville together. That, that was one I, of the more memorable uh, Prine... I saw them at the Greek theater together and it was, it was incredible. Um, but they, so they did a full like hour and a half long tribute to John Prine. And that was what, that was when I came unglued, you know, it hadn't happened yet. And then that was just like, that was, that was powerful shit because they were just telling stories about the guy and then they were kind of losing it too. And they were singing his songs, you know, but yeah, Prine will do that to me. If I just need to, if I just need to feel some shit, man, put on John Prine's first fucking record. Yeah. In, uh, in, in my, in my drinking days, I, 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 I I could, I could, I can't even count how many times I've cried to in spite of ourselves, you know, uh, post breakup, you know, like Uh, it just, it's just one of those things where, you know that, and that's and that's that's the power of music. That's yeah. and that is why I love music. I've got a, a piece of art on the wall up there. It says "Music is the best." Uh-huh. And it's like a, a little cassette tape. You know, nice. Yeah, the the one that does it to me. If, if well, people are out there my, listening, my, I need my vinyl. Oh yeah, I got. I got mine inside, but my room's too dirty to show you on the Patreon. You guys, uh, will, you guys will have to help me sort through. I'm about to inherit my dad's vinyl. Oh shit! Ah, yeah. and dibs, on, dib, and dibs on the Grateful Dead for sure. <laughs> and uh, I'm also about to inherit the cassette tapes. And there's this lost oh. cassette tape where it was like six hours on both sides, and it, we would listen to it driving from uh, Northern California to LA. And it had like Linda oh, Ronstadt yeah. and like all this different like the, the Talking Heads and all this crazy stuff. So I'm really yeah. I'm very excited about it. Uh, that's awesome. We'll have to. I'll, I'll have to make a digital copy somehow and uh, get you guys a copy of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love it. You guys, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to insert myself in your gigantic music co- conversation. Oh no, but no, I'm, no. I feel all like right, I feel like right. I'm watching. By the way, two people become best friends forever. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's really cute, and I also uh, I I guess the challenge to me as I edit this is to create a playlist for this episode because you guys are putting together oh, pretty sure. dope ass playlists. So oh yeah yeah absolutely. I was I'm just like trying to think of like the other music that'll oh the other one uh, related to Jason Isbell Drive by Truckers uh, the song World of Hurt that mm-hmm. one 
that 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 one is like a third rail uh, as far as the whole uh, yeah crying thing. I saw him uh, Patterson Hood do that song at McCabe's Guitar Shop in Santa Monica, uh, just oh, wow. solo, and it was fucking incredible. Actually, there was. Um, the uh, the summer I left Alabama, um, he did a solo show out in uh, Waverly, which is this little town outside of Auburn where I'm from. And my buddy Scott has a screen printing business out there. He prints T-shirts and posters and stuff like that. He's very successful at that. Um, but he also has fe- uh, concerts in his backyard. And he had uh, Patterson Hood uh, out there. This like oh, I mean. It would have been less than two weeks before I moved out here. So I was already feeling all kinds of weird about leaving my hometown and all that stuff. And then he hit me with that world of hurt. And I was like, no. (laughs) So, but yeah, hurt so good, as they say. I love it. I love it. (sighs) Okay. What is one thing, Rivers, that you would tell somebody just like you? Uh... (laughs) I don't know. There is there anybody like me? That's um, true. Uh, uh, You're the only you I've ever met. But what would you like? <laughs> what would you? What would you want to tell somebody who who or maybe tell yourself at a different point in your life? Yeah, that one's that one's maybe easier. Is that uh, just uh, do don't uh, don't give so much of a shit about what people think? I think is the is the best advice ever because that is what kill. I mean, that's literally like what just ruins uh, young people. Yes. is is you know giving a shit and then when you you reach you know i'm 33 now when you get to this age you're like i couldn't give less of a shit yo <laughs> you know yo my my dude he's 30 i'm 37 we were we were uh going to watch the bioluminescent waves and Ooh. uh we went to to hermosa beach is that the legal? I was wondering how people were doing that. Is did you did you break a uh, break a law to do that? Kinda, probably. I mean, we just walked down to the beach, but it was it was really beautiful, and people were for the most part staying away from each other and being safe. sure. And um, he is that still going on, by the way. I hope so. Yeah, yeah go okay. see it. It's I won't it's, go. it's like the oceans having a rave, like party plankton. Like it's. I've like, seen it. I I saw it in uh in Alabama actually. Uh, we were down at a beach house in 2009 in Alabama and me and my friends are sitting on the edge of this dock drinking beer and playing guitars and stuff and shooting the shit and uh, and I was like I went to the edge of the dock to pee and I started peeing off the side of the dock and the water started like lighting up and it and it freaked me the fuck out and that's what it was it was uh yeah phosphorescence uh, uh bio bioluminescence happening in the water i love it you're like is my pee magic like <laughs> yeah because I, I wasn't like all the way drunk but i was just drunk enough to be like holy shit bro whoa like, <laughs> so yeah. we were there and uh, my dude uh was like i don't he basically i was like why aren't you wearing sandals and he said i don't want to be that guy who wears flip-flops and jeans and i was like (laughs) we're going to the beach in the middle of quarantine and i just turned to him and i said you're 30 stop giving a fuck (laughs) yeah get over this it's exhausting and he was just like yeah yeah so i love that i love that where can people find you, Rivers? And where can they search out your podcast and 
How do they experience uh, you on a daily basis? Uh, yeah, and it is pretty much on a daily basis now with the quarantine thing. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rivers Langley, and you can check out my podcast. It's called The Goods from the Woods. We've been doing uh, basically uh, daily Corona Diaries episodes where we cover the news <laughs> and we uh, listen to bad music and we make fun of YouTube comments. And nice. it's been really fun. I mean, you know, The Goods uh, had such a loose format to begin with. But to actually like sit down every day, go through, find funny things online to just, you know, get real specific about how stupid they are. Like we just did a whole show about, uh, did you know they removed the Native American woman from the La- Land O'Lakes butter? Yes. What? Yeah. The, the, yeah. So she the Land O'Lakes. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, they after whatever, like, f- what, like 70 years were like, all right, yeah, it makes us look kind of. Racist she, she or whatever. Was, she, yeah, she was the rebel flag of the butter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so they removed her, and uh, like MAGA people are furious. No. It's dude. It's it's the funniest shit. Just go on Twitter and type in Land Lakes and read the comments because it's literally people being like, "I will never buy this butter again." You removed Mia, the wonderful Indian princess, from the packaging, and this you caved to political correctness and fuck you, Land Lakes. Like it's it's so crazy. Uh, so being able to cover something that minute on a, on a daily yeah. basis, I I love just insane details is my thing. So uh, to just get to comb through facebook and twitter and find you know like the the pastor down in louisiana who was uh you know got arrested for trying to run over a protester in front of his church that he was still having church services at uh yeah. so listen to the corona diaries we're, we're covering all kinds of weird shit uh oh my god every, goods, every from, goods from the woods check yeah. it out on all platforms that's right the goods from the woods and uh yeah oh and if you uh if you want to see uh uh we have a couple of episodes with anna valenzuela and also i made a sketch uh uh, uh back in October uh, featuring so Anna. Fun. It's called Moonlight Madness. Yes. Just type in Hush Money Moonlight Madness. We have this sketch group called Hush Money that's like we, we're, you know, we're all busy, so we only do about one sketch a year. But what's funny is ever since Trump became the president, it's so much harder to Google us uh, <laughs> because we're called Hush Money. So anyway, check them out. I love that. And Dave, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on all social media platforms at Yates Comedy, Y-A-T-E-S Comedy. I have an album out now called One Long Merch Pitch. Uh, That is my debut (laughs) album, One Long Merch Pitch. Uh, And you can look at the cover. It's me selling hot sauce to a room full of peppers. Uh, That is the album cover, so you can't miss it. Um, and then if you if you want to uh, try the aforementioned hot sauce, you can go to hahahotsauce.com. That's H-A-H-A hotsauce.com. Highly recommend it. The official hot sauce of 12 questions. Uh, That's right. You can find me at Anna V is fun on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at AnnaValenzuela.com. You can find me at Venmo Cash App, also Anna V is fun. And you guys should say what your Venmos and Cash Apps are because comedians are, hu- are hustling right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, page. Uh, oh, sorry. At Yates Comedy on Venmo. It's uh, I keep it standard across the board. Y-A-T-E-S Comedy. Send me those dollars. Uh, I, I will say uh, you can uh, join us over on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash The Goods Pod. Uh, we put out a bonus episode every week uh, where we talk about dumb movies and sometimes good movies. But uh, this week uh, we watched uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, uh, which was very stupid uh and last week we watched uh did you know glenn danzig made a movie 
Oh, uh, I think I saw. I think I saw like JT Haversat posting about that shit. Okay, y'all. Uh, we watched uh, Glenn Danzig's movie. It's called Verotica. Uh, that's <laughs> erotica, but with a V. Uh, and it is the room of horror films. <laughs> It is yeah. so unrelentingly stupid, and we watched it with uh, Tom Goss and Keith Carey of the Mean Boys. Oh, so, oh excellent. Uh, check that out. Patreon.com slash the goods pod. Five bucks a month gets you access to a bonus show every week. Oh, that's amazing. You can also find this podcast uh, at 12Q Pod on Twitter, Instagram. Um, email uh, us at 12QPod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, we're very excited to be back and to be partnering up with Dave and, um, yeah. So how we end this podcast every week is, um, if nobody's told you this today, guys, I love you. Hey, love y'all too. Yeah. I love you guys too. If you're listening to this and nobody's told you this today, we love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks everybody. All right. All right. And I'm hitting...